0: Today's episode of the two-man power trip of wrestling is presented by Podgo. Podgo is the easiest way for you to monetize your podcast. Podgo is providing podcasters with a flat rate for ad space so you always know how much you get when you include an ad from Podgo. Apply today to become a member and immediately be connected with advertisers that fit your audience. That's podgo.co. That is, one more time, p-o-d-g-o dot c-o, podgo dot co. This episode of the two-man power trip of wrestling is sponsored by Blue Chew. Let's talk about something we could all use more of right now. That's right, sex. Great sex. Guys, now you can increase your performance and get extra confidence in the bed. Listen up bluechew.com is the place to go that's right blue like the color blue blue chew brings you the first chewable with the same fda approved ingredients as viagra and cialis if you could benefit from more confidence right where it counts blue chew is the fast and easy way to enhance your performance right now we've got a special deal for our listeners visit bluechew.com and get your first shipment free that's right when you use the promo code EMPIRE, you pay just $5 shipping. Again, that's blue 2com the promo code Empire to try it for free. That's right, bluechew.com. Use the promo code EMPIRE. tag team partner of eddie mansfield a wrestler who's just told us how every match is fake i ask schultz questions that i assume all wrestlers have been asked dozens of times
1: what is this a good business yeah it's a good business i wouldn't be in it if it wasn't why is it a good business? because only the tough survive that's the reason you ain't in it and this punk holding the camera reading he ain't in it the reading these rednecks out here ain't in it because it's a tough business that's terrific What? Is that all you got i'll ask you the standard question you know standard question i think this is fake you think it's fake? What's that? Is that fake? Huh? What the hell's wrong with you? That's open hand slap, huh?
0: You think it's fake? you come. fake? What do you mean? Hello and welcome to the two man power trip of wrestling. A, a part of the two man power trip of wrestling's podcasting empire. I am your host, JP John Paz. And for the Pause cast today, we have a returning guest. He is a legendary WWF superstar. Of course, he was an AWA Southern Tag Team Champion, three-time Stampede North American Champion, former NWA Southeastern World Heavyweight Champion. He's wrestled in Japan, Canada, and everywhere in between. He is Dr. D. David Schultz, returning to the show for just an Another unbelievable episode, and of course, with Dr. D. David Schultz. I think that the disclaimer is out there. His thoughts are his thoughts only and not a part of the show's thoughts. But, needless to say, there is a great documentary that The Dark Side of the Ring did on Dr. D. David Schultz. And we'll get his opinion on it. Did he like it? Did he think it was a good job? What was cut out? What wasn't cut out? Is there some stuff that wasn't allowed in there? We'll find out what was left on the cutting room floor from Dr. D. And if he was indeed happy with Vice and their documentary on him. We'll also talk about John Stossel, Eddie Mansfield. We'll talk about lawyering up. And we'll talk about different things such as the immortal Hulk Hogan, Jerry the King Lawler. Vince McMahon, we'll talk about guys like Bullet Bob Armstrong, Ron Fuller, we'll kind of run the game, we'll talk about that each, you know, different territory in each segment for a little bit, but mostly focusing in on his time in the WWF and kind of what he's thinking about what's going on in this crazy world today. We'll of course talk about Stampede Wrestling, what he thinks about the Hart family, Bret Hart, Stu Hart. Bruce Hart, etc. So, I mean, there's a lot of really, really good stuff on this interview. I think you're really going to enjoy it. Dr. D is quite the character. He is very entertaining, and he has a book out there. Of course, if you remember our first interview, it is called Don't Call Me Fake, The Real Story of Dr. D, David Schultz. And in this interview, he'll tell you where you can still pick up a copy of this book. And if you want it autographed, Stay tuned later on the show. You can hear about where you can get that as well. Normally, of course, all roads lead to Amazon, or you can go to eatsleepwrestle.com and get the book directly from John Cosper himself, who is the author. So without any further ado, I'm going to send it on over to the TMPT business side of things I'm also going to pass it on after that over to the interview but right before that I want to mention the other podcast a part of the two man power trip of wrestling's podcasting empire all the information can be found at tmptempire.com you got taking to school with Dr. Tom Pritchard you have Rick Bassman's talking tough the university of dutch with Dutch Mantel Jane Douglas's triple threat podcast just Incredibles, Pro Wrestling 101, Taskmaster Talks with Kevin Sullivan, and of course, Trump Mania with Lavi Margolin. So much things and so many podcasts coming down the pike. We have about nine podcasts a week. Really, if you think about it, from the TMPT Empire, it is just crazy. We've pumped them out like crazy. We just absolutely love it. So please check out TMPT Empire for the latest from the two-man power trip. Now, without any further ado, am going to send it on over to some TMPT business and then pass it on over to the interview with the former AWA Southern Tag Team Champion, the legendary former WWF superstar, Dr. D, David Schultz. Now for some TMPT business. Like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter at Two Man Power Trip, and at Razzman Pal. Subscribe to us on YouTube. Also subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts. Please leave us a review. We would love to hear your feedback. Check out the feed for awesome past episodes including Bruno San Martino, Sean Mike, Dusty Rhodes, Jerry Lawler, Terry Funk. Goldberg, Ray Mysterio Jr., Arn Anderson, and Glenn Kane Jacobs, and so many more. you are on the web? Visit ProWrestlingTees.com. Yes, that is ProWrestlingTees.com. Visit our store, visit JJ Dillon's store, Francine's Store, and of course, the franchise Shane Douglas' store. For all you Android users out there, find us on Google Play and PlayerFM. For all you iOS users, check us out on TuneIn Radio, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Automatic, and Now Stitcher. And of course, check out the Empire. Yes, that is the TMPT Empire now. TMPT Empire.com for all the latest and greatest on the two-man power trip of wrestling. us on the line right now is a former NWA Southeastern World Heavyweight Champion, a three-time Stampede North American Champion, former AWA Southern Tag Team Champion. Of course, you may know him as being a legendary WWF superstar. He is, of course, Dr. D, David Schultz. David, welcome back to the two-man power trip of wrestling.
1: Well, it's it's good to be back. I'll tell you, I've uh I've been in a hiatus, I guess you call it, like everybody else. This darn virus is running wild, and I'm kind of on lockdown and uh and just don't associate much, you know, here lately.
0: Yeah. So what's kind of been going on in, in your world? I know you kind of been uh, laying yeah. low, but what's been going on?
1: I've been doing a lot of uh, catching up on writing different stories and. Things because my book came out Don't call me fake It's doing real good And I'm thinking about doing another one Uh, The other one would be A lot of things that we couldn't put in The first one Because it's concerning People higher ranks With sexual molestation of kids Rape of women And all kind of things That nobody wants to hear about And you put something out like that You gotta fight everybody all the way through court unless you're Donald Trump.
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. Yep.
1: But anyway, uh, I've been working on that and I'm, I'm building another house out here and, uh, expanding out a little bit on the compound here and, uh, doing a lot of free stuff, you know, for people that's not able to do it themselves. I help them out a lot. I do a lot of, uh, I do a lot of stuff, but it's free stuff, but you know, you got to help your neighbors and stuff. And, uh, you know, they're good people. They just can't afford to do things, and I do it. And I don't charge them for it. I do that just out of the goodness of my heart, the part that's still left. There ain't much goodness left in my heart after you go through the wrestling world and getting screwed around as bad as you do by everybody and everything. But uh, that's just that's just life, I guess. everybody got to go through something like that, you know? Yeah. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's really amazing that uh, – they can actually keep running shows, the WWE, WWF, whatever. Anyway, I don't know how they keep running shows, and all these other shows are getting canceled because, you know, they can't follow the, uh, the mask and uh, separation and all that, and the WWE. they oh, no, we do it in a separate time. Uh, they always got something to say wrong. In other words, they got more money than anybody else.
0: Yep. Oh, yeah, no doubt about that.
1: And I don't even know how that guy is still running shows, Vince McMahon. You know, I mean, uh, you know, he was charged with rape of Rita Marie Chatterton, uh, was a referee, and he was charged. Now, anything I say, I'm telling you it's fact. It come out of deposition. It's stated Vince McMahon was charged with rape of Rita Marie Chatterton. Now. If I read it in a deposition, it must have been absolutely one hundred percent true. And uh, you know, anything else I tell you or say on this show is my opinion. I don't want nobody to misunderstand that. I'm not. Mm-hmm. I make things up and I don't lie. If I tell you something, it's the truth. Now, I was I was sitting here a while ago reading about all these guys. Man, Jerry Lawler uh, sexual was charged with rape. Uh, Hogan was arrested and charged with drugs, and all these things get washed under under the mats through the years, and nobody does nothing about it. And there was 32 different wrestlers that was charged with crimes, and nobody's ever done anything about it. They all get washed under. Somebody gets paid, does something. These people should not be in professional sports or professional entertainment. None of these people should be allowed out there at all. Now, the ones that need to be allowed out there are the small shows that that come along every once in a while, you know, oh, yeah, we're going to be over here, you know. Not these uh, people that's got all the money in the world and they do what they want to to anybody because all you're going to see is a bunch of, uh, they think it's entertainment or whatever. You're not going to see anything that's real. It's all fake. It's all bullshit. And, uh, you know, that's because that's the way Vince McMahon wants it. And I don't even like to mention his name no more. Uh every time I pick up a paper I see his name. I'm wanting to see on the other end of it, oh, uh he's in a nursing home now. Then I can go check into that nursing home and be right there with him. <laughs> that's, <laughs> awful. that's awful. But anyway, that's the way I feel about him. He he uh you know, but we won't even talk about them. We'll talk about people that that actually worth uh talking about these smaller organizations that go around and, uh, you know, it's great for these guys to be out there. uh, You know, you see good matches, man. You see great matches. They work hard, too. And, uh, you know, I, I mean, I'm all for the small shows, small independent shows. I'm not for uh, all the big money shows and, uh, you know, cost you $50 for a ticket, cost you two, I guess. I don't know, but that's what I heard. And uh, TV shows. And, you know, and they still act like it's real. It's not real. These guys are entertainers. Now, in the small shows, you get more realism than you do in the, the big shows. Because these guys go out there and work hard, like I said, man. I mean, I used to be in them small shows. I worked hard. But, uh, you know, it, it's uh, it's a great business, and, and I don't have anything to say about the guys, you know, the workers, the entertainers or whatever. I'm talking about the high up, and I really don't even want to talk about them no more. Let's talk about all the crime and the violence going on, and nobody wants to do anything about it. What's wrong right. with these people? You know, right. I mean, what is wrong with uh, Portland and Seattle? And, and why don't they go in and clean that mess up? I've never seen such crap in my life, what's going on in our country today. I mean, this is our country. This is what we live in. This is where our kids and our grandkids and all are going to be growed up. And they're watching this stuff on TV, and they're not even charging them. They're letting them do what they want. And I don't understand. You know, I really don't understand what people are wanting. They say, oh, we're protesting. Well, they they say, well, black lives matter, okay? Uh, thank you. White lives matter. All lives matter. Why do they have to go out and create this racism? They've got they've got me turned more of a racism thing now with this black lives matter than it ever has been in my whole life. If they just left, I don't understand what they want. They say they want equal rights, they want equal this, equal this. Well, this is my opinion of it. They want the white man down on the ground and they walk over the top of him and they have no say about anything. They want want the say about everything. And that's not right. We're all equal. We are all put on this earth by our creator and we all should be judged equal. One is no better than the other. And I just don't understand what they want. You know, can you enlighten me on that?
0: <laughs> I I have no idea. It's a crazy world out there. Uh, it only gets crazier each day. I feel like every day, you know, you open up the uh, the paper, or you, you know, you go online, you see something crazier happens each and every day. It's nuts out there.
1: Oh, yeah. I, I don't understand it. You know, I mean, I live in a safe area over here. Uh, you know, I have barbed wire fences. I have gates. I have dogs. I have electric gates, and and I've got plenty of weapons. And not that I ever want to use a weapon against anybody, but if they come on my property, then I've got to I've got to protect my property, my wife, my dogs, my everything. You know, and that's what I do. absolutely. And I may never have to do it because here, but you know, this is this is wrong. This is wrong as it can be. Uh, what they're doing, and they show it every day, man. Uh, Protesting, rioting, and riot and, and, uh, and and the police, the police are getting they they don't know what to do. They're scared to do anything. Not because not scared of being yellow or anything, a coward. They're scared to do anything because they don't want to get prosecuted, don't want their job or their family and everything else brought into it because they enforce the law, and that's what's been going on, and. Um, I don't know. I just I just get so fed up with it. I'm sorry I ramble on, ramble on. But you know, I asked somebody explain to me why are they doing this? Why is this happening? Why this? I don't know. What do you mean you don't know? You're in government. You should know. I don't know. They don't know and they don't care, as long as it don't affect them and their paycheck or their pensions or their medical care or whatever. I'm talking about the uh, Congress, Senate. All these guys have. uh, I mean, they should have a term limit in this stuff, that's my opinion. They should get rid of these people after eight years anyway. They sit up there in uh, forty or fifty years and they get a pension the rest of their life, their health care, everything else, you know. We have to work for everything we get. And these guys don't I don't know what they're doing. But anyway, not, not much. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't gonna get started in politics, but I, I have a very uh, wide thought about politics, and I don't need to get on that. <laughs> but um, I, I just don't understand what's going on in this world. You know, they was given unemployment, people unemployed, they've given them $600 a week. Well, these people don't make $600 a week, most of them. Right. Why would they go back to work? That's the stupidest thing I ever heard. Now, if a person's out here and they legitimately need it, it's a different story. But most of these people say, oh, I ain't going to work, man. I make more here than I do at work. I'm all I'm doing drinking beer watching TV. Yep. And uh, it's just a shame what's going on. And it ain't over. Hey, everybody said Wells going to calm down after a little. I don't think so. I think we're in for a, a bad time the next two or three years. But that's the way it is, though. It's always been something, man.
0: Yeah, oh, yeah. Now, if I could switch gears, because I wanted to mention this kind of um, right off the bat to you, because it was just so interesting. The Dark Side of the Ring, the, the you know the Vice, Viceland, whatever you want to call it, on Vice, the documentary that they did about you. What was kind of the experience of that? Because that was really well done, I think.
1: Well, it was well done, but you know they didn't do what they promised me they was going to do. They, they all have their own agenda, and they tell you anything just to get you to – you know, agree to let them film you and all that. And then they don't do what they say. Uh, I try to get them to do it. Uh, I was supposed to have a face-to-face with John Stossel. That didn't happen. That little whiny punk, that's what he is, a whiny little punk, little creep, John Stossel. And then he goes on to him. What did he say there at the last?
0: Basically said he he did it for the money, right?
1: Well, why don't he give me a chance face-to-face with that? And uh, he, he, I mean, you know, he's the one. I never got charged with anything. I don't know why he's upset with me. He's the one got all the money. Vince paid him off. I I was not charged with any kind of crime. I was not charged with anything. I did what Vince wanted. And then I get kicked in the ass and kicked out because I won't take the blame and let Vince McMahon uh, go for nothing, you know. Mm -hmm. Anyway, uh, John Stossel. What a piece of work here, but they promised me a face-to-face with MC and then at the end of it after They got all the tapes. They go, oh, we're not gonna be able to get John on face to face. He's scared Well, he got a right to be scared, but I said y'all can tie me up and put me on a two-wheeler and mm-hmm. uh, Roll me in there like they did uh, the guy on the uh, silence of the lambs or whatever said, <laughs> I, actor. That. I said why That'd be great And then let me break loose and watch John run.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah,
1: but they said they're going to do it. And then, you know, they were were supposed to show more of the tape. See, they had Eddie Mansfield on there. Mm -hmm. I told them I didn't want Eddie Mansfield on the show. He's the cause of all the problems that started. Eddie Mansfield and John Stossel. All that got started was because of him, what he did. Anyway, they put him on there and let him run his mouth, run his mouth. And people up in the Vice TV, the upper offices, probably never been to a wrestling match in their life, probably uh, get in their limo and go home every night and come back the next day. That's the extent of their life and pocket all the money they can. And they think they know what's good, what's not good. Oh, no, show this, show that. I don't care what you told him, show this, show that. They were supposed to give me three spots on my book, three interviews with my book. And they did one with, uh, what's his name? Uh, uh, Oh, I forget his name. But anyway, he was reading the book when they come on, and uh, that's all they did. I said, what happened to the three spots you promised me? Oh, we didn't have time for them. Wait a minute. (laughs) And now... Evidently, they're selling shirts and T-shirts and pictures and all kind of stuff of me. I don't know what they're involved with. Somebody is. I can't find out who's doing it without my authorization. And evidently, I don't, they don't need no authorization. They got such organization, they can just run over you and uh, beat you down. And, uh, you know, I learned a long time ago, if you ain't a billionaire, don't go after a billionaire. Don't sue a billion-dollar company if you ain't got a billion dollars to back it up because they'll pay yeah. everybody off, buy everybody off, and you'll sit there just just uh, drain you, you know, money, 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 money. Anyway, what a life, huh? Oh, yeah. But did you <laughs> like the – There like are the... a lot of people that I do want to uh, meet. Uh, I, need, uh, I know Honky Tonk has been talking about me saying a few lies around about me and me and him got to get some things straight. Greg Valentine's been talking about me. got to get some things straight with him
0: and Hannibal,
1: you know, Hannibal.
0: Yes. Oh yeah. yeah.
1: Well, he has been talking, uh, some garbage about me too. And, uh, we need to get straight with him, I guess, because they think they go to the
0: MMA.
1: Uh, and they're badasses. Well, I don't know, but a few people, MMA that are badasses. And, uh, uh, he ain't one of them, uh, as far as I'm concerned. And, you know, uh, Steve Austin, Jerry Lawler, uh, Wayne Ferris, like I said, and Greg Valentine there's several others that talk about me. That's terrible when people talk about you, so they got something to talk about where people will listen to them. Oh, he's talking about Dr. D. Let's hear what he says. Oh, is that right? That's right. That's right. You know. And then they 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 use me to get their attention. Well, one day they got to meet me, see, because we're going to open up after the first of the year these shows and everything, and uh, I'm going to be right back out there signing autographs and making appearances. And uh, you know, it just closed down last year. I think I missed seven or eight shows all year. That's a big uh, cut out of my pay. You know, I made it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the show. You know. <laughs> But anyway, uh, you know, and and I just can't understand how these people just keep talking, 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 talking. And people, they put them on TV. They put them on the Internet and all that. And I say, how does this guy get to talk? How does this guy do this? How does he keep doing this, telling lies about people? And people don't do anything about it. Well, you know, uh, they got to face the... uh, Whatever They got to face Dr. D one day. I'll walk up on them when they don't know that I'm there, and we can have a couple of words behind closed doors and uh, straighten these things out. Right. But they think I'm an old cripple down here in a wheelchair, and I'm a long way from a wheelchair. Uh, I hope uh, I'm able to I work out every day. I'm out here about 10 hours, 12 hours a day, and cutting wood and building houses and digging holes and running water line and just whatever the neighbors can find me to do <laughs> boy they got a lot of things to do I don't know how people got so many things to do you know yep oh yeah but you know that like I said they need help and uh, I don't mind helping everybody thinks i'm i'm just uh sorry no good way Vince McMahon portrays it and all these people portrays it but Eh, what the heck. They think what they want. Everybody's got to think something, I guess. And, uh, you know. But Dark Side, like you said, they did a pretty good show with what they had. But, you know, nobody sees what they put on the cutting room floor. You know, they see what they showed on TV. And what they didn't put on there was more important than what they put on there. But... I didn't have the say to do that. I didn't have the the authorization to do that. I had to let them run with it. They're up in Canada. I'm down here in Tennessee. And, uh, you know, but the guys that come out here, uh, the sound people, the projector people, the directors and all, they were great guys out here, you know. And uh, they wanted to talk to my wife. And uh, it's kind of funny, you know. They said... Uh, Miss Schultz, can we uh, interview you? Just a few words we want to talk to you. She said, no. The guy jumped back and said, damn. I said, hey, I told you not to bother her. And she <laughs> walked off and they said, "Miss Schultz, if we could just, she said, what part of no you don't understand? And the guy dropped his head and looked at me. I said, don't look at me. I done told you, man. Hey, you see that hump on her side, you know, that's not overweight. That's a 357 Magnum. Under that shirt. Keep messing with her. Oh, <laughs> shit. <laughs> they didn't yes. ask nothing else the rest of the time, you know. <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, she said, way. she told him, Don't ask me nothing. I don't know nothing. I don't want to talk to nobody. I have no way. You want to interview David, you interview David. I was with him a few times wrestling, but I, I don't know nothing. Y'all talk whatever y'all got. Don't ask me nothing. And that's the way it should be. She was never in the matches. I mean, she didn't go in the ring. She didn't wrestle. She didn't make the meetings or anything. Why would they want to talk to her? Because they want to try to uh, get somebody that's not used to getting talked to and put words in their mouths, you know. Mm-hmm. And she said, No, 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 no. Wrong person. You ain't talking to me. <laughs> oh, it's funny, though, the way she hollered at them. What part I know you don't understand. And old boy dropped his head. Evans looked at me and said, "Well, hell yeah! Hey, don't hey, don't come over here. You the one keep running your mouth. I told you not to ask for anything.
0: But that's the way it goes, you know. It's always so what,
1: the
0: what was on the cutting room floor that didn't make the show.
1: Do what now? One more time.
0: You said that there was some stuff on the cutting room floor that didn't make the show. Oh, what, what, like what was on the what, what was left behind?
1: Well, they, you know, we had all kind of things about Vince McMahon. See. I had a lawsuit with Vince McMahon, and I had a tape that was, uh, his audio tape, and it implicated Vince McMahon having sex with teenage girls. Uh, I had to turn that tape over for Discovery. I was getting sued by Vince. I turned it over for Discovery, and they never returned it. Every time my lawyer tried to get it, they said, oh, no, so we don't have, we did this, we did, you can't do that with Discovery, I mean, it was my tape. I turned it over. It implicated events with teenage girls, sexual allegations, all kind of stuff was on that tape. Well, we tried. We still try. And still, it, it, we don't have that. They, they finally said it inadvertently got lost. Come on. So I can talk about anything on that tape as long as I'm living because they lost it. And my lawyer told me, if you don't turn it over tonight by 12 o'clock, you'll never be able to talk about it again because it's been ordered by the courts, you turn it over tonight at 12 o'clock. Should I make a copy? She said, no, don't copy it because they want the original tape. And if you make a copy, there's always going to be a copy hanging around that Somebody's going to try to get a hold of or whatever, you know. And I had to go with my lawyer's thoughts. You know, I mean, she's supposed to know what she's doing. So she turned it over. And Vince and his lawyers, all every time we tried to get it, we got some kind of crap. I showed them the letters. I showed them the documentations. I showed them the request to get the tape back. And all, and they didn't even want to talk about it. Vice TV did not want to get involved with Vince because I guess uh, they was hoping Vince would pat him on the back and want to give him all a job or something. I don't know. Uh, they didn't want to hear about uh, what happened. They didn't want to hear about Hogan, uh, about uh, like Hogan and myself. was great friends, and uh, I still don't know why he turned his back on me, stabbed me in the back. But he did, and they didn't want to see that. And see, I turned everything over to these guys. I got two containers out here, shipping containers, full of stuff. I never threw anything away. These guys said, oh, my God, this here is back in 1975 when you got paid, uh, you know, this is 73. This, uh, I said, I've got everything in wrestling that I'm telling you is here. I don't tell you anything I can't prove. And I give it to them and let them have the run where they took it to the hotel all night and went through a lot of uh, records and stuff. And they still, they come back and they said, oh, we can't print that. We can't print that. Why? It's in deposition. John Stossel said that I just slapped him on the cheek, each cheek, never touched his ears. And they said, "Well, uh, uh, yeah, but there's, see, they weren't interested in the truth. They was interested in what they think could sell uh, videos or whatever, you know." And that's the stuff they left on the cutting room floor. That's the stuff where all the drugs came in, and I had, I had. Pictures of people that, uh, they said, oh, my God, that's Hogan, ain't it? Yes, it is. That's Kim Paturi. Yep. But, you know, they didn't want to print none of that because they said, oh, well. I said, hey, I own the pictures. I have a copyright on them. And they said, well, yeah, but we uh, our, our producer said not to do it. Now the pictures are showing up everywhere, uh, you know, uh, but it's not on TV. So I guess I can get by with, hey, it's a crooked world, man. This TV uh, and Internet and all that, uh, they get in it. And if you talk to these people, they're going to make you sound like what they want you to sound like. Uh, Cornett was the guy that was reading the book I was telling you about, Jim Cornett. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, I've been trying to get with Jim for ever since that show showed, and I guess Jim has been told not to talk to me. And I guess Vince has got the word out to all the guys, don't talk to me. They've got a wrestling show going on here. Jerry Lawler, uh, 50th anniversary in wrestling, in Jackson, Tennessee, on the 26th. They must have 30 wrestlers on there. Half of my uh, underneath card never been no hiring uh, second card or whatever. You know, I live in this town, and I've never been booked at a show here in this town. I mean, even before uh, Vince McMahon, I never was booked in a show here in this town as I can remember, so i've been they've been ordered, don't book him, don't use him, don't let him come to the show Get him, don't, no, no, the guys are you mentioned my name. these guys start shaking. I don't know why, unless they got something to hide, and they know I'll confront'. Them. Maybe that's it. You know, wouldn't that be a horrible way to live, though? You get up the next day, and you look at the Internet, and you see, oh, my God, Dr. D is going to be around Memphis, Tennessee today. What? Oh, my God, I got to go somewhere. (laughs) Right. I mean, really, what a way to live. And, uh, you know, I mean, I feel sorry for them. Most of them can't take care of themselves. Most of them are just uh, people that have been in like lawyers, been in wrestling 50 years, like I said. But, you know, when you've been in wrestling 50 years, you've been calling the shots 50 years, and whoever you wrestle, you tell them what to do and when to do and how to do. You ain't got to worry about getting hurt or anything. This guy has never had a hard match, a hard day in his life. He's always did it the way he wanted to do it because he's always run the show. And, uh... You know, uh, there's guys. Yeah, I mean, I've been, I've been, I worked Memphis, Tennessee for three years, probably, and Nashville, Goulis and all that. Jerry, Jerry, different ones. Had the titles in all these places. Southern heavyweight, Southern tag team, Southern this here, and you know, they did three books about the heels in Memphis, Tennessee, or uh, Southern wrestlers. My name was never mentioned in any one of them books that Jerry Lawler had something to do with. I mean, I don't know, but he gets on TV, him and Steve Austin, talk about I cuffed John Stossel's ears. Well, I'm just, I, you know, I'm in conversation now with a few attorneys that's wanting to go after both of them for what they said. But, you know, I said, nah, you know, I don't want to get tied up in lawsuits no more. I'm through with lawsuits. So I'm through it, whatever, you know. And they said, well, they can't do that. They can't go on TV and say you did that, you know. And I've already spoke to Steve Austin, and we got it straight. He apologized, and you know we got it straight. Jerry Lawler tried to blame Steve Austin. Steve Austin tried to blame Jerry Lawler. <laughs> 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 in, trying to lie about each other, right? <laughs> I told Jerry, I said, Jerry, don't blame, don't blame Steve. Stand up, be a damn man for one time. Well, uh, well, David, I don't want to talk about it no more, Jerry. If you ever say anything else about me, I'm gonna kick your ass from here to Memphis and back. He had tears in his eyes. I thought he was going to bawl like a baby. I wanted to hand him a handkerchief. And, uh, and Steve Austin was a man enough to call me. He called me seven times, and I finally called him back. My wife said, call him back, you know it." I called him back, and he said, I hear you got, I got some heat with you. I said, yes, you do. I said, why would you say that I cuffed this guy's ears? I don't have to cuff somebody's ears to knock them down. And he said, well, Jerry Lawler. No, don't blame Jerry Lawler. You're a man yourself. You stand up like a man, Steve. He said, you're right. Excuse me. He said, you're right. I did say it, and I'm sorry I said it. I was under the impression that that's uh, the way it was, but evidently it wasn't. No, it was not. He said, well, I'm sorry it won't happen again. And we're even. You know, we got straight. Man enough to talk it out instead of trying to pass the buck on somebody else, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, You know, I mean, that just ain't the way I fly, man. I mean, I I try to be honest with everybody, and uh, everybody's got things to say about. Honky-tonk, man. Honky-tonk, man. Made statements about, I think it went something like this. He said, oh, yeah, I know David Schultz. We were partners for a long time. We used to ride together up and down the road. And you know, that's a crazy son of a bitch. He'll do what he says. And he said he was going to drop a mortar around in on Vince McMahon's house and kill everybody in the house. Well, let me tell you something. Honky Tonk and myself has not rode together before he ever went to WWE.
0: Right. It was in Stampede, right? All the way back in the early 80s.
1: Stampede. That's the last time we've seen each other. And then I threatened to kick his ass because he got smart there. But, you know, it's kind of like he just got to overrun his mouth a little bit, and I told him where to go and shut up or what else. is going, You know, and it didn't happen no more. But I haven't been with him in a car, talked to him, and I've never said anything about dropping a mortar around and on Vince McMahon's house and killing everybody there. One reason I don't have a mortar round. I told, I told somebody some interview, I said, there's a lot of stuff out there, but I don't think of a way to get a mortar round, but. I would never do that anyway. I said, I can't imagine somebody ever doing that to a, uh, a family. You know, if you got something against one person, it's okay to take him out. But, you know, the whole family, no, no. So Honky Tonk wanted to be big shot and say that, you know. So I didn't tell everybody about Honky Tonk. I'll tell you something about Honky Tonk you probably don't even know.
0: Oh, you know,
1: okay. when he got into wrestling, he's from Southern, uh, let me see, Southington uh in Tennessee, I think. South, Yeah, Southern in Tennessee. He was a coach, a high school coach. He got kicked out or got fired for beating up kids, young boys. Lost his job. That's what he told me. I never did uh, check into it, but he told me that when we were riding together. I said, why would you beat up little boys? Said, oh, they were smart asses running around. You know, you don't beat up students. Well, right back when you could slap a guy around, a kid or something, probably in school, and he got a big head, thought he could do it to him, you know? But yeah. how a guy like that get in pro wrestling, and uh, then Jerry Lawler's his cousin, and he went in and book him, went help him. And, uh, of course, he had no room to talk. Let me tell you, this guy, man, I mean, I've – Uh, we, like he said, we were partners for years. I did everything I could. This guy is one habitual liar. And, you know, and when he said that about me, I said, what in the hell is he talking? Why would he say something like that? I ain't even been in a car with him since (laughs) Tim. Yeah. Vancouver. And I'm the one got him up there, you know, was too hard. And him. I'm the one that got him come in there. And, uh, But that's what people do with you. You know, they talk about you because, like I said, they want to, oh, Dr. D. You know Dr. D. Yeah, yeah. See, Bret Hart's never had anything bad to say about me because I have never did anything. I mean, all he could say was good stuff about me.
0: Right. He wrote the board to the
1: book. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Bret Hart was, uh, you know, I worked with all the hearts up there. Everybody up there I worked with never had anything to say bad about me as I know of. Nick Bogwinkle worked with him two times for world champion. Never had nothing but good stuff to say about me. And Ric Flair worked with him several times for a world championship. Never had nothing to say about me. I mean, uh, but yet, I'm not allowed to go into the WWE Hall of Fame, which is fine with me because, like uh, Owen Hartzweiss said, that's just a WWE Hall of Fame they have no Hall of Fame they have nothing but whoever has soaked up the vents long enough and worked for him that he wanted to acknowledge them as w w e Hall of Fame they have no Hall of Fame they have no uh costumes they have no boot they have no storytelling they just boom that's it and uh, I said well that's the best way I ever heard I've heard it explained a lot, but uh, I said she did the right thing she didn't want on in it. I agree with her. Uh, you know, Vince is on uh he was working for him when he died. She don't want nothing to do with it. She told him, to leave her alone. They're still trying to get her to do stuff. But anyway, that's the heart. That's whatever they do, you know. Mm-hmm. And I was friends with all of them. Jim Neihard, uh Bruce, uh, uh, Brett. Uh, I mean, Stu was one of my favorite promoters ever. This guy never lied to me. And tough bastard, man, could back it up, you know. And just lucky he never got me in the dungeon.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> I uh oh, uh, you're not getting me down there. And uh, mm-hmm. he said, hey, you're a pretty tough bastard. Uh, you need to come down and uh, let's work out. Uh, no, 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 no. I don't need to work out no more. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. too was a hell of a guy, let me tell you. And uh, still my favorite damn promoter. This guy was uh, absolutely 100%. If he told you the sun wasn't going to shine tomorrow, well, it wasn't going to shine. I mean, this guy was honest, man, with me. A lot of people talk about him and say things, but people are going to talk about people and say things. Yeah, they're going to run their mouth as long as they can work their mouth. You know, they're going to talk about people. But the thing is, I'm doing great. I feel great. I'm over. I'm in my 70s. And a lot of people say, well, uh, the encyclopedia thing says you're 65. I said, well, I was one time. And they said, they said, your wife named Sarah. I said, yeah, that's what they say. I don't know no Sarah. Hmm. (laughs) And they said, so you're over 65? (laughs) Come on, give me a break. I just told you I'm in my 70s. I just want to guess how many years in 70, you know. I don't want to scare Vince McMahon to death. We're pretty close to the same age. And, uh, you know. <laughs> mm, yep. But anyway, yeah, yeah the, everything going great, man. Everything good. And I'm looking forward to getting back out there and getting to some events and sign some books, sell some books and pictures and meet the people. You know, you wouldn't believe how many books I have sold without being on TV, without being in, uh, you know, when everything shut down last year. I must have sold over a thousand books just off the word of mouth and, you know, little ads here and there and people talking. I can go out here and go downtown here and uh, see a few people I grew up with, and I'll, I'll sell three or four books. I said, well, we don't know where to get it. Well, don't go. Ain't you got the Internet? Don't you have a telephone? I said, yeah, but, you know, we don't want to send no money to a post office box. We're afraid we're going to get ripped off. <laughs> <laughs> right. I said, okay, Whatever. And, uh, you know, i go in my car and grab a few books sell it to them, and they're happy, you know. And uh, But I'm looking forward to seeing you this next year. Y'all going to run some shows,
0: aren't you? Hopefully, yeah, as soon as we're Uh-oh. allowed to. It seems like every time they kind of say, oh, it's going to be open, they close it up again. It's crazy. Our governor right. here in yep. uh, New-, New Jersey, he's uh, uh – let's just say I'm not going to – Anything crazy, but he's let's just say he's a little out of control right, with, with some of the stuff that he's doing, especially yeah. with yeah. the numbers being down. It's like you know, he's got to start opening up a little bit, you would think. But who, who knows with this guy?
1: Well, I think the virus thing is going to be over after the election. I, I mean, you know, you got to look at who you're dealing with here. You're dealing with all the cooks of the world, and they know they're going to get a virus, they're going to, I mean, they're going to get a vaccine and get rid of this virus. Just before the election, because I don't think Trump's going to let it go until, you know, he. he, I think they got one already. That's my opinion. That's what I think. Everybody thinks different things, you know. Uh, But I don't think he's going to let it go uh, if there's any chance of having a vaccine. Because, man, we've lost a lot of people. And after this weekend, after today, and... And and people, you know, you can't go nowhere. These people won't listen. They won't wear a mask. They want to be right next to you. They want to talk to you, and they don't have a mask on. And I don't want to be around them. I mean, really, I'm literally on lockdown here on the compound. If you try to come through my front gate, I've got signs up there that says quarantine. Do not enter. Uh, Stay away. Law enforcement. (laughs) I got all kind of. Mm. I got I got gates and I got three sets of gates between that and my house. And when they come through the first one, I know they're there, you know, cameras and stuff. I don't I don't even let people come. They call me and say, "Hey, I need you to do this or do this or do this." Well, I'll do this, but I don't need you out there unless you got a mask on. And these are older people, old southern people that and you got to watch them cuz they don't believe shit, man. They believe, "Hey, that virus is a uh, is the devil's work, it ain't going to get me <laughs> yeah, look mm-hmm. how many people died, you know and and these young people what the hell is wrong with the young people, man? Don't they understand I mean that there's a virus out there, and they just keep and these are college kids having parties, and these are the these are the people that are going to run our country in the future, and they won't listen. They say it's a virus. Uh, you know, wear a mask. You must wear a mask, and they won't do it. And uh, you know, they get a thousand people in. Pay. Well, we didn't think it was real. Oh my God! Well, you you believe it's real now? <laughs> but it is a bad situation uh, that we're going through, and uh, I wish they, you know, I wish they'd hurry up and get it straightened out. So when we can get back to normal, we'll never be back to the norm. What we know is normal, it's always going to be something. Now it wouldn't surprise me I have to wear a mask from now on for the next couple of years. you know.
0: So what do you think? Man, there's just uh, oh, so much craziness going to evolve, evolve with this thing. It's like wearing the mask. Some people don't. I just think that for the economy, you got to open up a little bit more, and especially in places where the cases are way down. You know, obviously, st- I would still wear the mask, and I still do. And uh, yeah. you know, when you just got to be careful and safe. But I think if you open up the economy a little bit more here, especially in the down places, I think that would be better off for everybody, uh, sure. mentally and you know financially. I think it would too,
1: man. Get back and get people going, and I don't know. We've lost a lot of people. They have all over the world, and you know. And then Russia says they got a they got a vaccine now, and everybody says, "Oh, that's Russia, man. I wouldn't trust them." I don't know, man. If they got a vaccine that's working, and they say, "Don't trust them. They'll lie to you." Well, uh, duh. Who else lies? <laughs> mm-hmm that damn Nancy Pelosi the other day got that haircut and all that or whatever to wash out I can think a lot of people need to wash out besides her and uh, ain't gonna help her a bit you know who I'm talking about right
0: oh yeah that was pretty bad that's they caught her on film yeah she said she was set up by the salon owner
1: yep. I'm gonna tell you that's the ugliest woman in the world I'm telling you could <laughs> line them up and I can't think of another woman that ugly as that bitch And lie, lie, lie. And, I mean, what the hell? I mean, these people, uh, anyway, I think they ought to have a term limit. I think they ought to consider seriously doing a term limit because you got all these grandpas and grandmas up there. there, They're going to stay there forever. And, you know, like down here where I live, you know, the sheriff here, he don't have to run. He don't have to run. They, they know who he is, and they're going to vote for him every year. I mean, every four years, and he ain't got to run. Hmm. He does. He puts a few signs. Anybody run against him, they don't want him. They all know him. All, no, man, I this guy's been our sheriff forever. That's what's wrong. He's been it forever, you know. But that's the way life is. It's, uh, You know, it's uh, – it's getting old quick, quick though. It, it, it's catching up with all the old-timers. So many wrestlers have passed away, man, this last couple of years, especially last year. And, uh, you know, uh, Bullet, Bob Armstrong, I never thought this guy was one of the greatest wrestlers of all time. When you wrestled Bob Armstrong, you had a night off. He never had a bad word to say about nobody always a uh, hello how you doing hey dave what's up man how you doing good to see you i always anybody i never heard him say a bad word well i did one time when we threw a snake on him it was a rubber snake but he didn't like snakes so he kind of got he <laughs> i said y'all better get away from him man he don't like that. <laughs> but you know what a hell of a guy man what a hell of a guy he was and uh you know, 80 years old, and uh, we're all getting up on there. You know, somebody asked me, how old do you want to be? Well, I don't know. I don't want to be 100. So I don't <laughs> One guy said, you ain't got to worry about that, Doc. You on the you on the down. You on down? Okay. He died last week, so. <laughs> <laughs> I I... You know, but, you know, it's something we all got to do. We all got to die. I just don't want to die for no reason, you know. And I sure don't want to go out with a damn virus that I got because somebody didn't want to wear a mask and they walked by me in a store or something, uh, you know. I, I just, you know, I don't, I don't mind dying. Everybody's got to die, but I want, I want to. I'd rather be taken out by four or five violent bastards. And where well, I can get three or four of them before they got me, but you know, at least they'd give me something to go out on, you know. But not the buyers. I don't want to. I don't want to do that. That's, that's rough, man. The way they say anyway. But but anyway, everything else going good with you?
0: Yeah, definitely. I just wanted to ask because I know you said you know before we started any any random kind of questions that I had for you. So I just had this because the you know when you slap stossel obviously. You know, there's a lawsuit involved and, and and they talk about it obviously in Dark Side of the Ring. You know, Vince has to pay this lawsuit and everything else. But was there some other backstage stuff that you not got in trouble for, but that maybe caused Vince to be nervous? Like, did you punk out Mr. T backstage? Is that true? Uh, did yeah. you punk out Vince backstage? Because Roddy Piper in his book says that you basically, you know, punked out Vince in front of the boys. <laughs> you, know, yeah. you know, a bunch of stories. So it's is all like the, these stories that, you know, you basically, you know, challenging these guys and... Fucking him out No, 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 that's true uh, John,
1: uh, what happened is uh, Mr. T He was out Outside in the ring With Tor Tanaka Sitting out there watching the matches He come back to the dressing room And the picture in the book will show you John, uh, uh, Mr. T and myself We was talking We had no hard feelings at all man. And we had nothing, nothing, nothing I never touched him We never had any problem at all and I know Hogan and everybody else in their books and shit talk about, I hit John Fossil four times and I was six foot nine and uh, Hogan knows better than that, you know, and, uh, but all this, uh, Vince McMahon never had a problem with Vince, uh, never until the lawsuit came up. And then the only thing we had that was between me and him. It wasn't done in front of the boys or anybody else. Uh, all these other things they say I did and uh didn't do, I had a lot of people want to get me when I come out of the ring, and I had to protect myself, you know, and they'd jump me or they would hit me, and I'd hit them back and knock them out, and I was a bad guy. <sighs> I broke a couple of cameras uh, a couple of different times, and uh people were behind the line towards the dressing room. And I'd get shoved or whatever, and the camera happened to get in the way, and it'd knock it out of their hand. And then Linda McMahon would say, "Well, we're gonna take care of David. We're gonna give him a couple of free tickets, and we're gonna pay for his camera. Just sign right here." So I would sign right there. So when depositions come up, she threw all, "Oh, he had this problem in uh, in Miami where he busted this guy's camera, and he did this, and we had to pay this guy. We had to pay this, pay this, pay this." And they had another one that come up, uh, you read I remember the name. They asked about his advice, and I I don't know who you're talking about. Now I started looking through the records and all, and I remembered the guy, Spidiachi. He jumped me ringside. Me. And I guess I knocked him out or whatever they said, whatever. reason I, you know, I didn't remember him. I thought, I thought it was true. The guy jumped me, and that's it. But he sued me. He sued Vince and me, and Vince paid him off. I don't know what he paid him. Somebody said $25,000. to keep him going to court that's what Vince would do, see. He'd go behind your back and pay things off. And then they'd bring all that stuff out in deposition. I done forgot all about it because I was never charged or went to court because I was working every day, you know. And things like that would happen. And um, Vince knew what he was doing. He was piling up the case on me. And uh, I guess he did everybody in case he needed it. And Linda, when you go into Linda's office, she'd say, oh, David, everything's okay. Just sign right here. Don't read the five or six pages you're signing because you trust them. But sign right here. We're going to take care of it. Everything's good. Uh, you know, we're giving free passes. We did this. We did this. And, you know, everything's good. Then you come to court. Oh, yes, this is where we had to pay this guy $10,000 and I had to do this, do this, do this. And David signed down here that he apologized and this, uh, pray, you know? <coughs> And But, you know, you don't think nothing about it because you trust these people. You're working for them, and uh, you know Linda's supposed to be one of the bosses. Well, she turned out to be a boss, all right. And I heard she was busted for uh, singing. Somebody tell Zahorian when he was busted on that steroid candle to tell him that get ready. The fans are coming. She told Pat Patterson or something to go tell him. And I just I just heard that this morning. I mean reading on some stuff, you know. I don't know it for a fact, I'm just saying. But I just wonder how she got a job up there with Trump. And I don't know. I have no idea how, but I just wonder how much money Vince had to donate to Trump to get her that job. <laughs>
0: right. Right. Nobody
1: tell me. I don't know. I've asked that question two times. I heard it was a bunch and then I heard it was uh More than a bunch. But that's the way it works. You got the money, you can get anything done. But, uh, no. All them stories you hear about me was made up by people say, oh, no, man, he did this, he did this, he did that. No, no, no. Let me tell you. I've been been arrested a bunch of times. I've never been charged. I've never been found guilty. I have no criminal records. <clears throat> Excuse me again. Um you know, I have gun permits, I have federal gun permits, and I have never officially got a charge against me. They would charge me but I would be it would be uh uh dismissed the next day. You know, just to get me out of the ring, get me in there or something like that. Or even bounty hunting. They would want to charge me. They'd take me to jail. they want to do this, do this. Before it was over, after we told the story, they dismissed the case. Boom, I was gone, you know. And, uh, no, I've never been. I can actually say I've never been arrested. I mean, under the laws and everything, you know. And uh, I don't have a criminal record. I've never had a criminal record. And, uh, you know, I have a CDL license. I drive trucks uh, for the cotton gin every year. I've been doing that for five years, just my winter getaway, you know, because, you know, and, you know, it's pretty good little gig there if you you can handle a big rig, which I can, and, uh, you know, and I do a little bounty hunting work here and there. The bounty hunting business is really going down because the government, you know, now people go and they commit a crime, they, they charge them and they let them go. That's what they do. They let them go. They don't have post-a-bond. Connecticut's one of the worst places. Uh, you know, they go in front of the judge. Judge says, well, I'll be here next Tuesday. We're going to make you sign a signature, but all he does is sign a paper saying he'll be there. No money involved. That uh, ain't going to work too good I hear They're having problems everywhere now with that. So that took a lot of my money away, uh, you know, uh, bounty hunting. Because, you know, I found all, I mean, hell, I have over 4,000 under my sh- uh, shirt now, and uh, most of them was uh, 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 real bad boys, or they thought they were bad until they met me. And they weren't too bad after that. And right. Most time I was by myself anyway, you know. And uh, I always like to work myself, or I take one person with me or uh, one guy I trust or something just to watch the back door, you know. And, um, but uh, that's a book in itself, bounty hunting. I've been having people, wanting, uh, you know, but you know, the bounty hunting stories that you would tell, they wouldn't believe them. I mean, they wouldn't believe a guy would hide in a, in a dryer, in a house. They tear the guts out of the dryer. Uh, when the cops come, they run, jump in the dryer. They throw clothes all over it. Huh. Guess what? They miss him.
0: <laughs> yeah. Crazy.
1: Yep. Uh, yeah, yeah, they, uh, you know, that's just the way it is, you know. I used to hate to go to Philadelphia, those row houses, you know, like the guy, you know. Oh, man, that was uh, rough down there. That was uh, rough. I love to go to the upscale Miami Beach and stuff, you know, Well, all of them think nobody will come get them or we'll go to L.A., down where the kids and the Bugs live, and they don't think you'll come in there because you're not a gang member. I didn't have no problem going in there. I didn't disrespect them. had no reason to disrespect them. And, you know, that's where where I got along with all these drug dealers and all these criminals and all this here because I didn't mess with them. I didn't lie to them. I didn't screw them around. I didn't cause them a problem. I went and did my job and got out and gone. They say, who in the hell was that? Hmm. (laughs) Uh, but it was a good life It made me have a better life You know, understand stuff and You know, after it started slowing down I got with John Costler And, and wanted to do this book And we did that And uh, then I kind of got back into the wrestling scene And uh, I don't know if I'm glad I did or not Because it brings back too many memories, you know mm-hmm. But yep. it's good to meet people now They, uh, they realize that it wasn't my fault I did what Vince wanted me to do, and that was it and you know, but right life man that's what that's what that's what this world's all about surviving, and I've survived the best I can and uh, you know I know I know we go anywhere we want to go do whatever we want to do and my wife is not scared of going anywhere she knows she's protected with me and you know that's the way it was when living in Connecticut. Uh, New York, want to live in Minnesota, want to live in Florida, or live. I go anywhere I want to go. Let's go, David. Okay. <laughs> mm-hmm. But that's that's what it's all about, man. Any other questions?
0: Yes. So, with you know your career and everything, do you actually have some? I know we talk about some bad memories, but do you have like a favorite place you wrestled or a favorite territory? No. Stampede was big. Obviously, it's Southeastern. The Armstrongs down there with the Fullers was great. New Japan Pro Wrestling. Do you have favorite place? I'm guessing it probably wouldn't be WWF, right? Oh, I love
1: I loved down there with the Fullers. I love that. Pensacola, Dothan, Alabama, all through there. But I also love Canada. I was there three years. I love uh, working uh, in Calgary. We had a lot of miles, but we had the same towns every week. Maybe one extra, one town would rotate different time, but we knew where we were going every week, and it was great, man. And uh, you know, but the South was good. Fuller, uh, you know, Ron Fuller, all down through the coast there. That was that was a great territory. I liked uh, Calgary. Was was the best. I love Calgary. was good. That was just a five, six-month tour, but it was a good territory, too. I, 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 I'm, I'm, you know, Minnesota with Berndanya. I loved that, too, you know. I never had no problem there or, you know, made good money, and then when Vince called me to come over there to work with Hogan, uh, promised me the world, and I believed him again. And That's my soul, these promoter Always believe them. Always. Be- oh, man, we're going to do this. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. Okay, okay, okay. And then, hey, they need you over here. So, you know, get them off their promises. Now we got to go with another bunch of liars, and they lie to you, too. You know. But, that help any?
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. So as we wind it down and, and head towards the finish, I'm just curious, what do you think is kind of Dr. D, David Schultz's, like, lasting legacy on the wrestling business? You know, the, the stamp you leave behind or a legacy. What would you say it would be for Dr. D?
1: Well, I think they'll say that uh, I was a tough bastard. I took care of business, and, uh, you know, but, uh, you know, I always said, when I die, I'll be there, and these old people come around and say, yeah, I'll tell you, man, I didn't know he was uh, uh, what an asshole, but what a nice guy. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't know what they'll say. They'll say, uh, you know, there's no telling what they say. And, uh, you know, but if they look into records and the record books, I mean, I mean uh, championship matches I had with the top people putting them over, getting them over in every territory – and now they act like, hey, David who? Well, they want me to get back in the ring. I said, no, 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 no. no. I'm not getting back in the ring, not unless there's something big. Well, Vince McMahon, yeah, I call Vince McMahon out now. I'd love to get in the ring with him one last time, being him. I love that. I would love it. I, I would go in a minute. No problem. But he's the only one I'd probably get back in the ring with. Hogan ain't able to get in the ring. That's that fat bastard. He, you know. And I just uh, they'll probably have to pull my hands out around Vince McMahon's throat when it's all over. But anyway, that's the way it goes. <laughs> but yeah, I'm good for I'm good for one more fight. I think maybe two more, but one more. Yeah, I'm good for one more.
0: And what do you think happened with you and the Hulkster? Because when you think about it, when you got to WWF basically 84, that was a great feud. I mean, you guys knew each other from AWA as well, but, I mean, and even way even well before that, like you said, you helped him out when he had no money and everything. So what was kind of the issue with him? Because you guys had this great feud, you had this great chemistry, and then all of a sudden there's no relationship with you guys anymore. Was it because of Vince?
1: Well, yeah, yeah. Vince brought me over there, and uh, after about six, eight months, he started putting me and Holman together in all the towns that Vern Gagne's had us together, and I was challenging Hogan every week in every one of them towns because I knew he was going to events. And Vern Gagne didn't know he was going to events. And I'd tell him, hey, let me tell you, if he shows up, if I don't beat him, I'll never wrestle again. I'll burn my tights in the middle of the ring and blah, blah, blah. So when we go back to all these towns, me and Hogan on top, for Vince they was naturally all sellouts because people was wanting to see the finished product of Bernganya. And we worked in all the same town because Vince was moving in on Bernganya, same place, you know. And um, I did that and got Hogan over real good, got him over real good. And then Hogan started whining that I was too rough on him and that I was going to beat him on national TV. And Vince asked him, well, can, why don't you beat him instead? Hogan said, shit. I can't beat him, and he knew he was going to beat me. I mean, we was close friends, man, for years. This guy lived in my house. He didn't have a place to live or sleep or anything when he came come over to Florida, and we took him in, and, you know, he had a van to sleep in. he sleeping in his van. we go out there, come on in, Terry. You can sleep here in the back bedroom, you know, and, you know. We always worked out together. We went everywhere. We, I mean, you know, we were close. I guess Burn finally told. I mean, not Burn, but Vince finally told him. Listen, it's short to me. And he told him not to talk to me no more, not see me no more. As it. I guess I was a bad influence, he said, on Hogan. But we always had uh, great matches. Always trust each other. Man, this guy was one of my best friends I ever had in the business. And then he stabbed me in the back. Oh. Um. Never spoke to me again. And uh, one day he will, though, but I'll walk up on him one day. And he's going to talk to me. Uh, maybe just, what the hell do you want? I said, not a damn thing. I just wanted to uh, see what kind of piece of shit you really turned out to be. i walk off. But, I mean, he will one day. And, uh, you know, people get all this money. They think their life is great, you know. I mean, he got a uh, he got a damn son there, an idiot, I guess, and uh, I don't know about his daughter or whatever. But you know, Hogan's not the brightest light on the tree either, you know. And uh, you know, he ain't that smart. He just uh, he found a niche, went in there, Vince found it with him, and uh, keep pushing them steroids, pumping steroids, 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 steroids. And I used to get him shots. I know how much steroids he was taking. Enough to kill any racehorse that ever run the tracks. But that's all over now. I guess he's realized, hey, he's having to pay for it now. And uh, he ain't getting no tears from me. He ain't getting no tears from me. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, that's the way it was, man. That's, uh, you know, like Beefcake. See, Beefcake, man, Beefcake always got along. And I have nothing bad to say about him. We always got along. I don't think he's ever said anything bad about me. So I have no reason to not like him. You know, I don't think he said anything bad about me. I'll start looking around. Maybe he did. (laughs) But it wasn't enough to hurt me. I mean, everybody talks about me. So, you know, it just got, uh, you know, that's the way it goes.
0: Now you mentioned the book "Don't Call Me Fake," which obviously is still available everywhere. But where can everybody get the book? And uh, you know, where where is uh, this book still being available? And I mean, is all roads leading to Amazon?
1: Yes, you can get it from Amazon. But if you order it straight from me, it would be Post Office Box 24, Henderson, Tennessee 38340. You send me $25, and I'll autograph the book to you, and I'll pay the postage. And you'll get a personal autograph from me to whoever you want it autographed to. $25, post office box 24, Henderson, Tennessee, 38340. And uh, you know, I, I check my box every three, four days. I go down by there because, uh, you know, I, I guess last week I think I sold about eight, ten books. And uh, one guy from Australia wanted one. I said, "No, I can't pay postage to Australia now. You got to get back with me." It <laughs> 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 yeah, pretty expensive going over there. But he did offer me a tour of Australia. He would oh. set for me if I wanted to go. And I said, okay, give me the details, send me all the information, and uh, we'll get started on it. So John Cosper, I, uh, he got a hold of John Cosper and tried to get everything set up. I said, John, remember now, this is the guy that wants me to come to Australia where I can sign a book and take a picture of it with him. And understand, Australia ain't letting nobody from the United States come in.
0: <laughs> John right.
1: said, yep. well, it might be just an asshole, huh? I said, yeah, maybe. But, uh, you know. And, and you know they can contact uh, uh, anytime they get ready. I'm, uh, the post office box is the safest way. Uh, you can send a certified check. You can send a personal check. You can send cash. I've never had anybody not get a book. You know, you get a tracking number and everything every time I went mm-hmm. yep. out, or my lady mails went out, or whatever. But I sign all the autographs personally to them. And uh, also, they can contact EatSleepWrestle.com. That's John Cosper's uh, email, and he has access to books, my books. That's EatSleepWrestle.com eat, sleep, is what it is. John Cosper. Yes. And he's got cerebral, but he just released one, Tracy Smothers, doing very well. And, uh, you know, John... Did a heck of a job on my book, I think. You know, I mean, he did uh, exactly the way I wanted him to. We just didn't want to put in all the bad stuff because we knew Vince would jump on it and have it canceled or have it held up. And I didn't want to get it held up. God didn't either. And we actually last called for Alley Club two years ago. Uh, I think we sold over 200 books there.
0: Wow,
1: nice. If, not, if I'm not mistaken, we ran out of books, and we had to give rain checks. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I can send you the money then right here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I guess six months later, I was getting orders from Call of Fly Alley Club, and then this year it was canceled. I guess next year they're going to go in with it. And, uh, you know, yeah, that was a good Call of Fly Alley Club. Uh, you know,
0: that was a good time.
1: Very, very... Very well put together, too.
0: All right. Awesome stuff, as always, from you. And like you said, many options to get the great book, Don't Call Me Fake, by Dr. D. David Schultz. I definitely recommend that, highly, highly recommend that. So, Dr. Thank D., thank you so much uh, for all the time today. Really appreciate it. Hey,
1: thank you. And uh, let me know when you get a show book and, uh, you know, we need to get together.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, when we, when we start touring, yeah. Have a good weekend. Yeah, you too, sir. All right, bye-bye. This has been a John Paz Power Trip production in conjunction with the Two Man Power Trip of wrestling. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Two Man Power Trip. You can check us out on Facebook. You can subscribe on YouTube.